Hey guys, welcome to the Wild PPC Bunch podcast. My name is Lazar and I'm a PPC nerd. I have over 10 years of experience in online advertising and currently I'm the owner of the growing Amazon advertising agency called Sellers Alley. And I'm Brent, the owner of AMZ Pathfinder. I started this company five years ago and we've been working in online advertising since 2013. Every week we will spend around 30 minutes covering one topic and it will get nerdy, I promise. We'll prepare a topic covering everything from PPC basics, in-depth strategy, and current trends. One thing's for sure, you won't be bored and you will hear insights, tactics, and ideas straight from two experienced agency owners. So strap in for the ride and enjoy. Hey guys, today we're talking about one interesting topic and it's keywords, when to give up and when to reconsider keywords. Right, so Lazar, we should probably dive in first to what does giving up mean and what do we mean by keywords? Let's like define everything pretty clearly before we, before we dive into the action items or, or the topic itself. Yeah, definitely. Like, where would you like to start with that? Like, everybody knows that keywords is like the main way how you target when you create ads. Like, if if you're first time in Seller Central, one of the first things that, that you see is like four ages to create automatic campaigns or to create manual campaigns. And in them, you have some keywords. So can you tell us a bit more for people that are just starting maybe? Sure. So, I mean, keywords would be uh, in different match types too. And also, uh, I think for the purposes of, of this discussion, we're also covering uh, ASINs, right? I mean, we're not just talking solely about keywords like blue shoes, right? We're also talking about ASINs because those can be set as negatives and, you know, those have the same, for example, like bid adjustments that we, that we have with keywords that are, uh, you know, words, you know, keywords, <laughs> uh, but ASINs also count in, in the same discussion. Yeah, definitely. You can use them as, as one of the targeting methods. So I would focus on ASINs as well. So basically like, let, let's maybe start with, with how would you structure your campaign on your account when it comes to keywords, like where, where, where first to start with everything, like you, you want to advertise something and you want to make it the best, like in the best possible way. So, so you optimize spend, like you go to some tool that's where you place your ASIN, you do reverse ASIN research. There is a whole bunch of tools mm-hmm. that, that people can use. One of them is Helium 10, obviously, but like you can use literally whichever you wish. And like you get some whole bunch of keywords or at least some words that people are using when they're searching for products. And one of the things that you can usually see there is some kind of like search, search volume mm-hmm. and like competitors or stuff like that. And you end up with like 100 or 200 or 500 keywords and like what to do with them. Right. I, at that point, I would suggest, you know, taking that list and filtering it as aggressively as possible, because one of the key considerations for uh, a keyword or a search term that's uh, you know, uh, based on an ASIN, I suppose, what would be relevance, right? Relevance is the main thing we're centering this discussion around, because I think the assumption we're making going forward in the discussion is we're talking about relevant keywords, right? So <clears throat> there was a time on Amazon, maybe some years ago, where you could dump 500 keywords in an ad group and um, just let it run. But that's probably not a best recommended practice anymore. So we want to make sure that the ones we're running are as relevant as, pro- as possible. You know, they're closely connected, they're related to the product or the category. Uh, it has to make sense. 
Yeah, definitely. One of the things that, that we currently suggest and what's our best practice at this point is not to have more than 30, 40 keywords per ad group. And one of the most important things that you need to know is not to like mix match types. That's one of the most common mistakes that happen with a whole bunch of sellers. It doesn't matter if they're big or small. This is like mm -hmm. pretty common mistake. And software for that matter. As we talked about recently off podcasts, you and I had a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The thing is like, basically let's explain why is the problem to, to have all the match types in, in one ad group. The main reason that, that we find is like not being able to narrow down the search funnel and optimize spend. Because when you have exact phrase and broad in one ad group, you end up uh, having all of them triggering a whole bunch of stuff. And like when you check your search term report and like when you see what triggered like certain certain search term in ad group, you want to negate it. And like when you negate it, and if it's exactly the same as the exact match type keyword, you're going to block it. And that's why you're that's that's how you're basically killing the, the keyword. And also, if you like have exact phrase and broad and um, like all in in the same ad group, and you want to uh, push some variations of that main keyword, and you increase the bid in phrase and broad rather than in exact form, like the exact form has the lowest bid, you end up triggering that exact form from phrase and broad just because you have higher bid there. And when you want to negate it, just like not to trigger that exact keyword, you place negative exact and you literally kill your exact keyword. And that's one of the huge problems that, that, that happen that people usually do when they structure campaigns in a bad way. Basically. Yeah, if the structure is kind of malformed like that, you do end up with some confusing logic puzzles you have to sort out every time you want to go and optimize something. And it does make setting negatives very difficult. Uh, because you, you know you might have some weird overlap and block things out by accident, um, and then I think bidding is probably another major reason for that too. If you want to use some kind of tiered bidding system based on match types, um, but also just for like easier legibility into the account uh, and optimization through software or through bulk files and manual uh, through the Seller Central Ad, ad Console interface, whichever one you're using. Um, so yeah, I, I wouldn't mix those up too much. Yeah, so I think that's a that's a pretty good primer on some of the basic structure that we think is is good. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, what does giving up mean when I when we say like we want to give up keywords, give up on them? What does that mean? Does that mean we uh, we don't call them again? Like what? We just drop them off at the bus stop and drive away? Like what does it mean, Lazar? <laughs> well, depending who you ask, like the worst thing that you can do is. Archive them. Mm. I think that that there is no like the other thing that you can do as bad as that. Like people, like the, the softest way how to do it is basically place super low bids, like mm -hmm. two cents or something like that, ten cents, and like keep them that way. But one of the things like that, what what we like doing is uh, when when you like it, it really depends on your search terms that are triggered by that keyword. So mm -hmm. if you're having problems with phrase and broad, for example, and not exact form, like the exact keyword is super relevant and it's um, really good when it comes to conversion rate and like conversions is profitable. And you have phrase and broad that are not doing that good. That's probably because they're triggering a whole bunch of different stuff that you don't want to show up for. 
And one of the first things that, that you need to do is to go to your search term report, check all of the uh, search queries that people are searching for and um, that, that are triggering your ad for that specific keyword. And if you see that something is irrelevant, obviously you're going to negate it, but a whole bunch of people are having problems like what to do with something that is highly relevant, mm -hmm. that is not your keyword, but is triggered by your like phrase or broad keyword. And like, it's not making any money or it's unprofitable. Like, I don't know what you guys are doing. Maybe you can share it as well. What we usually do, we negate it there. We first we check if we have that specific search term um, as as a keyword somewhere, mm -hmm. and if we do, uh, we negate it in a current campaign where it was triggered. But if we don't have it, we also negate it. But we create some campaign that we like to call um, non-profitable, non-converting keywords, and we place those keywords there. And like those search terms are becoming exact form keywords and they get way lower bid than the previous um, version of keyword that, that triggered that search term. So basically we're trying to optimize that search term in a manner that is going to make some money unless like we, we try with, with like higher bid. And over the time, we, we like decrease it until the point where when when it works. So we don't really give up like right away. We really try to fight for right. for each search query. So you isolate it, and then you kind of ease off the gas slowly to see what direction it takes. Because there may be, and this is the case for any keyword, even irrelevant ones. There's a point where the bid will be profitable, but the only question is is that bid still gonna make you eligible to be entered in the ad auction? Because mm -hmm. yeah, you could say, if you're selling blue shoes, you could be advertising for, um, I don't know, like kitchen tables. And yeah, for one cent, it might make sense, <laughs> but you're not gonna be shown and you won't be seen as relevant. Um, even if people are buying something that's totally different, you might get a sale you know, once every six months based on that. So yeah, I'll, I'll come back to that. But like, I wanted to say for, for giving up um, on our end, like I agree with you, that the most harsh version of giving up on a keyword would be archiving it, right? That's basically killing it. That's saying like never again. <laughs> um, but a less harsh version would certainly be uh, just simply pausing it or putting the bid down to some level where it's barely going to get any exposure, which I know is a very popular methodology you just described. Um, and then I guess another more extreme version of giving up would be setting it as a negative. So you're actively saying we no longer want this to appear here. You know, which is which is even more aggressive than pausing it, I would say, because you could pause a keyword and it has a bunch of search terms behind it. But setting one of those search terms as a negative is ultimately going to nip it in the bud from ever appearing anywhere. Yeah, that's true. Um, at least at least in that ad group or campaign. Right. And I like the idea of migrating them to a non-performing campaign because, you know, they might not work now, but they may have a day in the sun later on, um, you know, depending on seasonality, competition state of your competitors uh businesses like for instance we saw a lot of companies that had uh competitors that stopped spending so heavily during covid uh in the kind of like uh, that that you know, period of crisis there uh in like may uh april march ish period and so we were able to actually get clicks cheaper for a lot of terms because a lot of other people had dropped out of the mm -hmm. auction so maybe there was a time period where some of the keywords we had, you know, quote unquote, given up on actually might have worked again during that period because the bid level was more sustainable. However, that has seemed to have passed now. You know, our, our CPC is looking at recent data um, just today, actually, in our in our software, like 
you know, things are, uh, things are back up, like where they roughly speaking were in the U S maybe a little bit lower, but certainly click through rate and other things are, are back to normal, uh, pre pre COVID. So that's what giving up would, would mean to me. And I think we can't have this conversation without talking about search term duplication, deduplication, which is exactly what you mentioned. Like if you see it's appearing somewhere else, then maybe you can set it as a negative or positive there and let those impressions drift over to that place where that search term is still appearing. Um, and so that's effectively giving up on a keyword, but just redistributing that exposure somewhere else. Yeah. And also when it comes to all of this, like one of the main things that you can discuss about is like talking about uh, what's really unprofitable keyword. Like when do you start considering a keyword not to be profitable? It's more or less about the strategy, how you think about um, about that keyword. Where do you use it? Are you using it in your product launch or not? Like, are you are you? Mm-hmm. Is it like for um, for cash cow product? Like where where you're just like milking the product and making every other thing profitable? Or like if if the product is dying or whole bunch of different stuff are there to be considered when you think about what's a profitable keyword. So basically when you add a new keyword and when you see that you get you got like three clicks and CPC is super high and like it costed like ten dollars to, to get to that point, like is it really unprofitable? At that point, like what what usually people don't uh think about is like considering different time frames. Like people tend to stick to one time frame when they're checking stuff but they you should always think about bigger picture like uh, over a certain period of time what happened and like to filter out uh, after or before change that you did to that certain keyword because it it can be affected by so so many things like with uh, negative keywords and so on like you shouldn't consider that the keyword is going to perform the same after you uh, negated some other keywords as like added some negative keywords to the same ad group or decreased bid or combined those two together and you have your keyword in let's say phrase and bro then uh it, it it basically has like just a couple of clicks so what we usually think about there is like what's the main strategy are you are you trying to uh, push that keyword for ranking or and you're willing to spend more money but like at this at that point i'm i'm sure that you're fully aware of and, and you're also using the keywords to to try to improve some ranking like uh do, do, do you also see like sometimes when you're under the niche average when, when it comes to ctr and conversion rate like do you see that those keywords can work negatively basically for the product yeah, that's a great question. That's one of the things we have in our notes here, right? Is like, do push campaigns, you know, so-called push campaigns to push your product up the ranking or for a specific keyword or small set of oh, keywords, yeah. do they actually work? Because I feel like there was a time on Amazon uh, when you could throw just hundreds of dollars a day at some keyword. And just because you're getting the sessions and clicks, you're going to drive up your relevance and search ranking for that. Uh, I feel like these days it's much more focused around conversion rate um, primarily, but also click through rate and like relevance. Um, and so, you know, if you're trying to effectively build a sales history against a search term slash keyword, uh, and doing that through advertising, if you do have a good, uh, you know, percentage, uh, conversion click through rate, I think that's helping you. Right. But can it adversely affect you? 
Uh, I would say, I would say yes, actually, if you're really forcing it, what you're doing is pushing too hard <clears throat> on the spectrum of, uh, you know, of relevancy and cost. And, and, you know, it's not as relevant as it maybe should be, but you're throwing tons of money at it. You're going to end up costing yourself. And with the way the ad auction works, you can actually end up spending less than someone else for the same keyword and still win a better position if your relevancy score is higher, right? You know, mm-hmm. we don't have visibility into that relevancy score, at least at this point, uh, or any way that I know of, but it certainly exists, right? It's part of the, it's part of the, uh, the way it works. So <clears throat> my feeling is that, yeah, you can adversely affect yourself, not only from a bottom line pocketbook perspective, spending too much money, but actually harming your uh, organic rank by trying to fit a, a square peg in a round hole, so to speak, with, with a keyword that's not really a good fit in relevance. Yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense. So one of the other things like um that 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 we usually think of is when it comes to keywords, when when you have but it but it's not always like unprofitable but n- non-working keywords. One of the things that we usually see in, in campaigns that have more than 50 keywords in them, uh and when you expand your your like lifespan of, of that a campaign you see you see that that keyword like didn't work at all during that time period like for for the lifetime like what we usually do we take it out create separate campaign and try um to to treat it differently i don't know why there is no like logical reason for it i'm pretty sure that you cannot read it anywhere like why the keyword is not working and like it's highly relevant your index for it and you have 200 keywords in one campaign and that one is not working but when you place it in a new campaign it starts working literally i have no idea why but it's working for us and we're not planning to change it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like is that something that so you're saying you basically transplant it out of where it is this is similar to the idea you mentioned before right like a non-performing campaign you put them in a separate area or they have a separate budget allocation it's easier visibility maybe at the top level um, or maybe use software even to like apply a different logic to how those bids are managed, and that's where it does well. Or you're saying there's a different strategy? No, no, no. It's, it's just like you, you, yeah. Literally, like like you mentioned, like in, in, it's the opposite way. Just like place it to a new campaign. You can even place higher bid if you want to push it a bit more, and it's going to it's going to work basically. And, and as I said, I don't know why, but it's working. And also when it comes to long tail keywords, there are a whole bunch of long tail keywords that are highly relevant and they're, they're not having that, that much traffic. Like, would you include them in, in your campaigns or in your account or, or not? Yeah, there's two ways to think about that because you could say, let's exhaustively research every single long tail keyword that exists <laughs> and let's put them all in, uh, in like a tight match type say like exact match right let's go with a more extreme scenario it's like all right this has five or six words so just based on that length you know it's going to be probably a long tail keyword that's going to get searched not very frequently but maybe that search term keyword is super relevant for uh, your product and audience or whatever it may be but you only get a couple clicks on it a month or something like that but they result in good sales uh that becomes really difficult at scale. You know, you can do that really easily for three products or three SKUs, right? But then you have a hundred SKUs, oof, that becomes immediately much harder. And that's why match types exist. You know, you could use phrase or broad to try to predictively, you know, jockey for those impressions and for those keywords. 
Um, but you also run the risk, of course, of catching a bunch of other stuff in that net. So really, it's a it's a balance between time and having the, I guess, like, a, you know, foresight tools to predict what is going to be a long tail. And I definitely fall more in the second camp where, yeah, it's helpful to put long tails in. But this is why we have broad and phrase. This is why they exist to catch these things that we otherwise couldn't come up with. I have no idea what the stat is for Amazon, but I know on Google, like some huge percentage of searches that happen every month are like searches that have never happened before. So, you know, we can't predict the future, but that's why match types exist in, in, the, in the fashion that they do. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like we also like to place some long tail keywords, not all of the long tail keywords in the universe, but. Right, you get diminishing returns at some point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you can end up like creating huge accounts with a whole bunch of different stuff and a whole bunch of uh, campaigns, and you, you can start getting lost in, in in that kind of campaigns and in that kind of account with with limitless amount of campaigns and all of that. And you're like just losing it and and having like fifty percent of them not working. Is it really worth it? I don't really think so. Especially as you said, there are phrase and broad keywords that that are basically doing all of the the work. So there is no need for that many long tails. Right, they're going to do the heavy lifting. Yeah, right? they're like yeah. we call them safety nets, basically, like our automatic campaigns. Oh, that's cool. I like that. You call it a safety net campaign. Yeah, yeah. So basically, that that's that's how how we place it. So. Um, yeah. Oh, one of the things that, that we mentioned at the beginning of this episode is ASINs. And that's something that is super right. relevant to keywords. And basically, uh, that's something that, that you use as well when it, when it comes to targeting. Uh, oh, there is one question that everybody wants to hear the answer. And that, that's <laughs> like when you have automatic campaign and when you have ASIN in a search term report, can you negate it, Brent? Oh, no. The dreaded, the dreaded ASIN in the auto campaign. Mm-hmm. What? The, the most awful thing. Yeah, so there's no way to set those as negative or positive, right? Not that I know of. Yeah, like when you place it as a negative, it's not going to work. What? It doesn't do anything, right? No. It has no effect. But you can do that in the product targeting. So, you know, if you have an ASIN that turns up, uh, even if you're using category and it like pops up in there, you can set that as a negative, no problem. So we typically will try to shift a lot of the spend for ASINs over to the manual campaigns. And in the case of the autos, we'll turn off those targeting types. Although we have seen that, I think it's close and loose match. Those mm-hmm. are the ones that are the keywords and it's the substitutes and... Um, I'm blanking on the other one. There's four different types right now. Are those types working we sometimes for you? See, Sorry for interrupting. Are they working for you? Yeah, yeah. We, well, we turn off the ones mm-hmm. that are uh, ASIN targets sometimes. Not all the time because sometimes it works really well. But other times we just switch that targeting type off. And then that eliminates most of the ASINs. And those are transitioned over to manual campaigns where we have more control. Yeah. Like uh, the last theory that I heard is you cannot, you cannot negate your ASIN in automatic campaign, but if you create a um, manual campaign that is targeting ASINs, and if you negate that ASIN, like your account is going to learn about that, and it's going to mm. show that ASIN less in your automatic campaign. To be honest... Oh, I like that. That's like Amazon PPC conspiracy theories. We should do li- one of those. It's literally <laughs> conspiracy theory, and uh, I was like, uh, I'm not really sure that it's true. Since you cannot read it anywhere, I'm I'm still going to do it. I'm going to try. <laughs> Please, it's not. 
Well, I know people that set negatives just so they can um, one day when Amazon enables it, they will have it in there ready to go, which is an interesting idea, too, because I'm not sure if that's literally ever going to happen. You know, we don't have a word from Amazon on that, but it's an interesting tactic. Isn't Wait, it? well, can you explain it a bit more? Sure. So in an auto campaign specifically, they will go and set ASINs as negatives, not because they work, but because the, with the hope that one day they will work. Let's say four months from now, Amazon says, hey, this is a new feature. And then, well, you've already done all the hard work of setting these negatives in your auto. So that'll those will uh, you know, turn on, so to speak. That makes a lot of sense. It's like sleeper cell. Yeah. <laughs> Manchurian candidate, negative keywords. Speaking of negative keywords, one of the things we have in our notes here, um, setting a schedule for removing negatives or unpausing keywords. So yet again, this discussion is predicated on the idea that we're talking about relevant ASINs and relevant keywords. Yeah. So when you finally do need to set one as a negative and say, all right, we've had enough of this, we've given it months of spend and enough clicks over the time, you know, it has enough statistical validity, we've looked at it through different time frames. we're just going to set it as a negative. It's relevant, but we got to set it as a negative. At what point do you go and review that? Because you have to revise it. Yeah, you definitely do. And say it might work again. Yeah, definitely. Like that's something that 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 we do occasionally. There is no any specific rule when it comes to that. Like, what's the best time to to revisit your keyword? Like, there there is no manual for it. So basically, what we usually do when we feel that we need to expand a bit further, that we want to try to catch more traffic or so on. We try to revisit uh, pause keywords, and also we try to revisit negative keywords as well, because mm-hmm. um, during one part of the season or like during one part of the year, it might be working, and the other one it, it won't. Right, depends on weather, competition, state of global pandemic, whatever. There's all kinds of influencing factors that could whole bunch it. of them. Like you, you can literally name eight or ten, like just out from your head like right away and there are like new competitor or like somebody willing to push a bit more when it comes to product launch and it's affecting you on the other hand like and it's making Mm -hmm. oral expense for for that specific keyword a bit more like that's something that i can i can compare to to something that i did maybe almost 10 years ago when it comes to Facebook ads, and like I did it in Serbia, where I started my marketing like journey, um, and like there there were elections here, and like there is just one amount of space on Facebook, like especially at that time ten years ago, and like when when elections started, they, there were like only political um, ads and that kind of stuff, and they made uh, they made all of the the clicks so expensive. Like Serbia is super. That might cheap. be the case in the U.S. very soon on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's something that that if you're doing some external traffic, that you should be aware of. I remember the last time, like we shouldn't go political, and I I don't want to go political, but politics can change the price of advertising on platforms. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Without, without you know, not understanding some of these larger conflating factors can lead you to really scratch your head. So, yeah, it might be that your product seasonality is obvious. Like, okay, summer is when we sell these uh, inflatable beach toys, right? Obviously, winter, no one's buying them. But at the same time, um, maybe there's some other competitor that's new that jumps in the market that has deep pockets and they want to you know fight their way to page one for all these big keywords that you've already been bidding on for years. So. Maybe you're going to have a rough time suddenly. Um, you could probably do a whole podcast just about these kind of factors. But I, I think that's probably good for the scope of this one. 
Yeah, I, I think like from time to time you should have some some budget for A/B testing, and part of the A/B testing should be like revisiting keywords or revisiting negative keywords just to double check if things have changed because that's more or less like shooting in the dark. You don't know what's the, mm -hmm. the current situation until you try it. Like imagine that you're using it for the first time, and basically that's it. And like I'm not even sure if you should. Uh, unpause the same keyword in the same campaign or create a new one. I would probably create a new one just to be absolutely sure that it's isolated so I know where the, the spend is coming and, and all of that. But like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know, what, what what would you do basically? Yeah, well, with we, we do this with software specifically, but being able to see where search terms are appearing across an account and making sure that, yeah, if you are pausing it somewhere, you're effectively, you know, we're saying giving up, right? If you're giving up on it, that it's not still appearing somewhere else. Um, so you would use software or just, you know, Excel and then reports from Amazon to d determine that. But yeah, you, you might be right. Maybe it's time to put it in a totally new uh, campaign where it's like a fresh start at a fresh time of year, for instance. Um, and so it's easier to keep, keep tabs on what it's doing. Or maybe you change the match type um, for that matter. So e either, either approach might be valid. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh... So, dude, like we're almost 30 minutes talking. And one of the things that I wanted to mention is day parting for, for campaigns and keywords. And I'm not really sure that we should even scratch that topic because you can deep dive into it. And like a whole bunch of people mm -hmm. are having different opinions. Is there anything else that you would like to mention about keywords and like revisiting them? No, I think that's it. Uh, one thing maybe we didn't touch enough on is statistical validity, right? So not just making a decision based on information you got from the past five days, instead saying, like, all right, what's 60 days? What's 30 days? And not only days, but amount of spend, right? The faster and more you spend, the more you're collecting data. So it doesn't matter if it's 30 days, if you've only spent five yeah, hours, definitely. Right? Um, so you want to make sure you have enough money through it, have enough data, and um, you know that there hasn't been some massive changes to the product page. Like for instance, you were out of stock, or like your price went up by a bunch of dollars or something when you increased it. Um, so consider those factors too when when assessing these keywords and search terms. Um, don't just give it like a couple days and then call it quits. Um, you want to have it over a long enough time with enough data, with enough spend, and then you can make some some high quality decisions. Yeah. Exactly, exactly that. You see, the the amount of impressions is also important. Like I find it one super important because if you have a lot of impressions and you don't have enough clicks, like comparing to other keywords that might be telling you something about that specific. Right. What's your account benchmark there? That's a good leading indicator. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So past that, no. That's it for t today's episode. If you guys have any questions for us or if you would like us to talk about some specific topic or if you have any questions, feel free to send us an email on ask at wildppcbunch.com or you can reach out to Brent or to me. Yeah, sounds good. I know we've got some emails recently, haven't we, Lazar? Yep. <laughs> okay, well, that, that would be it for today's episode and talk to you in the next one. Have a good one. All right, farewell. Bye.